Welcome to So Tell Me More, a podcast where you can join Prabnur and Navia, two psychotherapy students, as they dive into various topics through a psychotherapy lens. This podcast will get you thinking and reflecting on all things mental health, ranging from self-care to learning more about what exactly cognitive behavior therapy is. We hope you stick around. In today's episode, we're excited to explore personality types and how they play a role in psychotherapy. We're very excited to have Grace on our podcast today and are looking forward to hearing more about this topic. Grace is in her final year of her master's in science in psychotherapy at McMaster. She did her undergrad studies in psychology, neuroscience, and behavior with a specialization in mental health and a minor in mental health addiction and society. Grace is hoping to open her own private practice called Paper Crane Psychotherapy Services by the end of the summer. In her free time, Grace loves to draw, play video games, read, and go horseback riding. Welcome, Grace, and thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. We're really excited to have you here today and talk more about personality. I know it's a topic that I'm really interested in. I don't know much about it, but I'm excited to explore it through our episode today. Yeah, so we'll just start off by talking about what are personality types, and then we'll get into a more open conversation with Grace about her own experiences with it, as well as things we've learned in our psychotherapy program. So in terms of what are personality types, In psychology generally, personality types refer to this classification of different types of individuals and these are based on various different features such as the way people react to stress, the way someone interacts with other people. And so based on the personality theory that you're looking at, there's certain behavioral tendencies that they might emphasize a little bit more compared to others. And generally, we see personality used to understand ourselves, to understand our relationship with other people, and also in a career counseling context, which we'll talk about a little bit more later. So the first thing we want to talk about actually is Myers-Briggs and the whole personality test types that they talk about. So this is actually one of the most widely used and recognized personality preference instruments. And really what it is, it's a self-report inventory, which is designed to identify a person's personality type, their strengths, and even their preferences. So after completing this test, people are identified as having one of 16 different personality types. Now, within each of these personality types, there is eight dimensions. So the first one they look at is extroversion and introversion. So you usually fall on one of these two. And this really reflects where an individual prefers to focus their attention. There's also sensing and intuition. This reflects how individuals acquire information about their surroundings and how they choose to perceive the world. Thinking and feeling is the third area, which is a reflection of people's preferences for making decisions, processing data, and also evaluating their perceptions. And then the last one is looking at either judging or perceiving. And this index really addresses how people prefer to organize and orient themselves to the world around them. So that's a little bit about Myers-Briggs. There's one thing that's kind of cool about Myers-Briggs is... um, It's based off of Carl Jung's philosophies. So there's kind of been a history of different uh, approaches to personality. And his was very much that every personality falls under four traits. And it's just the percentage of which of those four traits through the dimensions that you have. So the Myers-Briggs then builds on that theory. Mm, Very cool. Yeah, to hear about the history of that, right? And then 
I like that idea as well of a spectrum almost, right? So it's not as clear cut as your your one personality or another, but there's so much variation between them and you can have some overlap, it sounds like. Yeah, that's what I love the most about this one. It's I feel it's very nuanced and I know for myself... I fall very close between the introversion and extroversion scales and sometimes it flops back and forth. So I feel like with the Myers-Briggs more than some of the other personality tests, which are a little bit more categorical, mm-hmm. um, you're able to get very fine differences. Yeah, I think when I did it, I know we'll get into this more in a bit, but when I did it, I was also in the very same boat grace where I was right in the middle and it was like I could tip either into like extroversion or introversion and I thought that was really cool because then the differences between the two are interesting as well because when you look at the personality types and what that means, so that's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. And I think there's so much influence of the situation you're in and kind of the the external circumstances because I know, and again, we'll talk about this later, but I switched between extroversion to introversion during the pandemic. And, you know, I think it's understandable where that ha- came from and how that happened. But I just, I didn't realize what a big influence that would have on my results, for example. So I like that it's sensitive and it's able to pick up on things like that. That's actually a very cool discussion. I don't know if we have time to get into that discussion at this point. <laughs> Go for it. Sure. So one of the kind of pervasive things that comes up with personality a lot of times is whether it is an internal or an external thing. So um, originally people kind of thought that personality was just purely your circumstances and your environment, and there was no internal factor to that. Um, And now we're starting to see that there is definitely an internal factor. There's things that are individual to the person, no matter their environment. But whether or not that's stable over a lifetime is a topic of huge debate. And some people think that it is. Some people think it changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, I've seen some suggestions that certain traits that are internal are stable, but other ones are not. So it's, it's an ongoing debate, I think, in the literature. Yeah, it sounds a lot more complicated for, um, when you actually dive into it compared to first look, right? And I imagine, too, like I know some people who are a little bit more adaptable in situations, right? Like they're able to actually change the way they interact with the world depending on the circumstances. So I wonder, are their personality traits as stable as for other people who are maybe a little bit more consistent? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's funny because, Navi, you said you went the other way where you feel like you're a bit more introverted now. Yeah. Somehow, yeah. I feel like I'm on the other end. Oh, I really? don't know why. I don't know what happened. <laughs> But that that's interesting over the pandemic, yeah. Grace mentioned earlier about some other personality theories, and we just wanted to touch on a few of those. So one of them is the Big Five. The Big Five is actually something I was introduced in is something I was introduced to in my psychology courses. And this suggests that there are five basic dimensions of personality. And these broad traits are described by extroversion, agreeableness, openness, conscientiousness and neuroticism Uh, the thing is though like grace mentioned there's actually not very clear definitions of what each dimension means and how they differentiate between different researchers so there's a little bit of um, overlap there and some researchers conceptualize them in one way whereas others look at them a little bit differently so has anyone heard of the big five before or had any interaction with that yeah i definitely have um i think the big five is kind of the other big ones. So the most I've seen is either Myers-Briggs or the Big Five. Um, When I was talking about kind of stable versus changing, the Big Five has been studied, I think, the most in that context. And conscientiousness and neuroticism tend to be the most stable versus the other three or less. Um, But yeah, this one I think is pretty common as well. And it's similar to Myers-Briggs in the sense that it's percentage-based and uh, a little bit more sensitive to the nuances between people and the different things. 
yeah i also see here like some of the the traits overlap as well like extroversion introversion that we see in myers-briggs so it seems like some foundations are similar here and then maybe they get a little bit more specific about other areas like conscientiousness and neuroticism so yeah, that one's pretty cool. Another one here that um, we have had some contact with is type A and type B personalities. So type A personalities are people who, according to this theory, are a little bit more impatient, achievement-oriented. Um, they might even be categorized as the director. So they're goal-oriented and good under stress. Whereas for type B, they might be called the socializer. So these are people who are a little bit more easygoing, relaxed, and they like to uh, be in relationships and have a little bit more of a relationship orientation to how they interact with others. So I think this one's kind of cool because there's only two categories. So I wonder, like, hmm, how clear is it the distinctions between those two? And also, you know, we digged a little bit deeper and saw that there's actually other theories that suggest there's more than two types. So there's type C, D, and maybe even X. So it just suggests that, you know, it's quite complicated and maybe people don't fit as cleanly into those two types. What was kind of interesting with that is everything that I was looking at with type A and B personality types is that they it kind of felt like type A was shown as someone who's a bit more aggressive and like they want to they do what they need to get things done. Whereas type B is like this, oh, easygoing, relaxed person. And I thought that was just an interesting way to perceive the two types because I was like, oh, I feel like I'm a type A where, you know, I like getting things done. But I felt like the description of type A felt almost aggressive. And I was like, um, I don't really know if I fit into that anymore. But that was just an interesting take on it. It's really interesting to hear you talk about type A in kind of a negative light. Because I think that definitely in our society, type A's are very valued and mm -hmm. almost preferred, especially in business settings. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm not a huge fan of this one because I think it's really hard to fit people into just one of two boxes yeah. and I think we're all a lot more multi-dimensional than that completely and I even imagine like in a work setting sure a lot of us might be a little bit more type a because that's what's needed in the situation and then if I do have a chance to be at home and relax and interact with others then I might be more type b so it's so situational as well I it's hard to say that someone's always a type b or always a type a I imagine this last model here that we looked into, I found very interesting. So I had never heard of this one before, and it's called the true colors model of personality or just a colors model of personality. And this is a way of understanding yourself and others that's based on temperament. And the colors that they use are orange, gold, green, and blue, which are used to differentiate the four central personality styles. And what this model or theory suggests is that each of us has a combination of these four colors that make up our personality spectrum. And usually one of these styles is a little bit more dominant than others. So has anyone heard of this one before, maybe done a test on it? I haven't done a test on this one, but this one I've heard a lot of in uh, professional settings. So a lot of times people will come in and do like professional development days and they'll use this test. I actually hadn't heard of it before, so it's interesting to see. And... I think it goes back a little bit about like the overlap. I'm really curious to know about how these colors also overlap with like Myers-Briggs or even the five, uh, the big five and where we see their mix or that differentiation. Because I wonder how, you know, I don't want to say accurate, but I wonder how accurate they are in terms of how people resonate with them. But that's really cool to see that variety mm -hmm. and see where what people associate better with and what works for them. 
Yeah, ultimately they're all theories, yeah. right? So it's cool to look at where do they converge and then where do they diverge? And then, like Grace mentioned, sometimes we might have a little bit of a preference for certain ones once we've done a test multiple times and seen, okay, this is like actually encompassing who I think of myself as a person. But I wonder, you know, there's there's a lot out there, right? Maybe people don't see, your, see you the same way. And so that would be also an interesting conversation about, I feel like I fit into maybe like this area or this category for a personality, but do others interpret me in that way as well? Yeah. Something to think about. Yeah, I definitely think I'm biased. The Myers-Briggs is my favorite. And I think a big part of that is I've done a lot of personality tests and I've also made friends do a lot of personality tests. And people respond the best to Myers-Briggs because I find that it does capture kind of closest to who you actually are in their descriptions of the types uh, versus the other ones tend to be a little bit more generic from my experience. That's true. It's helpful to get that narrow, like that specific one, especially when you see 16 different personality types compared to some of the other options. So you get to have those little details and the differences between even like one different letter that's looking at a different dimension. And I think that's really neat. But I suppose one thing I do want to share is that not all of this is heavily researched. Some areas are more researched than others. So it makes sense that we might be biased towards one. Grace, I agree. Same. (laughs) I have a little bias towards Myers-Briggs as well but that's only because of the research that's done on it so I think there's a lot more work that needs to be done within these avenues to actually get a better understanding of what personality is and who falls into what area and how that can be helpful but speaking of personality so I know we already got into the conversation but I'm curious to know when your interactions first came to personality and maybe doing the test and finding out who who you are or what you fall into So Navia asked me this uh, earlier before the episode, and I could not remember when I first interacted with Marius Briggs, but I have since remembered. So um, I think my first interaction was my sister learned about it in her high school class and then came home and told my mom and I, and she's like, this is really cool. You guys have to do it. So it was back in the 2000s, early 2000s. So we only had desktop computers. So we all like crowded around the desktop computer and we all did the test and then read our results and talked about it. And everyone's result was so accurate to who they were. And I think that's when I first fell in love with it. And since then I've done the Myers-Briggs every few years, just as kind of my own test around how stable is it and I have always been really into personality, so I kind of just did that for fun. And I've always consistently been an INFJ. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, it sounds like you have a lot of data points. <laughs> so you have something, you know, not to get too None researchy. of them are scientific. <laughs> <laughs> None of them are scientific, but good, good number of data points there to actually see, right? Like, how is it consistent for me? Um, I don't have as many data points, so for me, it's harder to tell. I think the first time that I did it was probably in high school. Uh, I remember doing these tests on, I forgot what the website's called, but where you can find out like which Harry Potter character are you and like (laughs) which uh, fast food item are you. And so related to that, not at all personality, but um, I think one of the personality tests popped up. It was probably the Myers-Briggs one. Um, And that's when I first did it after finding out my fast food. It wasn't as exciting, (laughs) but I think I learned about myself a little bit more. And I did one recently to prepare for this episode, and I found out that I am ISFJ. So just one letter away from Grace's personality type. 
that's cool. I feel like I'm late to the game then. I actually did it in university for the first time when I was panically stressing about (laughs) what I wanted to do and I didn't know where I wanted to go in terms of my career. And I remember, Jean, I took this class actually and it was about like, I can't remember the class name now, but we were looking at different personality types and career options. And in there, I got similar to you, Grace, INFJ. And I've only done it that one time. I haven't had the chance to do it again, but it was interesting to see how well I resonated with INFJ because right before then, like I said, because I was on the edge, so I was also told to look at the ENFJ. So I looked at the two and I was like, no, I definitely resonate with I a lot more. So that was really interesting initially. But yeah, doing it through that class and then getting to explore it a bit further in terms of, okay, well, what do I do with this information? That was interesting. But I'm wondering, Grace, how how has it been seeing that consistency and also seeing how that's maybe or if at all influenced where you are today? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, Also, I just want to say I had the exact same experience with I was really close to the I and E. So I was also told to read the E. And upon reading the E, I was like, nope, I'm definitely an I. (laughs) Um, So I guess seeing it consistently has been really interesting in terms of, I think for me, I really enjoyed the Myers-Briggs and looking at kind of how I view the world and how I relate to other people. So knowing that I'm an INFJ and kind of having all those data points to back up that, yes, this is where I'm, because I think that's very true that there's a little bit of human error here too, and it's not super researched. So the tests aren't completely accurate all the time. So you do need to sometimes use your own personal judgment, like Fabno with the I versus E. Um, So kind of knowing that, it gave me a lot of clarity into the way that I view the world and how I process information and what's important to me, especially with relationships. The INFJ type is very much we want very deep, uh, meaningful relationships. We don't really care for surface level relationships that much. We're friendly, but really what we want is to kind of get down to the heart of the matter with people. So knowing that has really helped me form those relationships with people and really encouraged me to go out of my way to make sure that I am having those deep, meaningful conversations with people so that I can fulfill that part of my life that I really want. Wow, that's so cool. I hadn't really thought about it. I know, I think I came from it at a lens of like, okay, well, what do I do with my career with the personality types? But I'd love to look more into what kind of a relationship would you like or what kind of a worker are you or person are you? I know, just to give a little bit of context into INFJ, it's uh, they share that they tend to approach life with this thoughtfulness or imagination and how their inner vision or their values Um, are a bit more quiet, principled version of this humanistic guide that is showing them to all things and how to, I suppose, go about the world. And it's interesting because there's so much more to it than just that superficial level of, oh, you know, it's quoted as the advocate. Like, what does that even mean? (laughs) So it's interesting to see that there are other aspects of it that you can explore beyond just one dimension and see how you form relationships because that's so that's so cool. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of reflecting on values, right? So this is one way for us to understand ourselves and then maybe figure out, okay, well, what do I value in life? And for you, Grace, like those deep relationships can be an area for you to really focus on and focus attention on. As we know, we don't have unlimited time in life. And so that way we're able to shape sort of the experiences we have. And I think that's such a great way of thinking about it too, as using it like a compass almost, right? So this isn't the final answer. This isn't who I am and it's ever evolving and I can work towards kind of being 
my whole self in a way that's in this lens, right? And so for mine, it's called the protector. Um, sounds <laughs> interesting. <laughs> I don't, I, like Ravner said, I don't know what that means exactly. Um, but I know for mine, they talk about being observant, being practical, which I think is very interesting. I'm not sure I agree with that side of it for me. But being kind, reliable, trustworthy. And something I found very interesting is that jobs in mental health or healthcare are a good fit for this one. And I know that's the case for INFJ as well. So I don't know that it says something about the fact that we're all in the same program. We're all here talking about personalities and we have those pretty similar personality traits. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that's a really good point, especially for um, the INFJ. Mm-hmm. I think it's the rarest personality type, and I have met so many INFJs. <laughs> like, I was Googling earlier INFJ relationships, like INFJ friendships, and all the articles were like, you're so lucky if you have this in your life because INFJs are so hard to find. And I was like, I know, like, five. <laughs> yeah. But it's because we're very drawn to this mental health care mm-hmm. field. We're very drawn to helping roles. So because I've worked in helping roles for so long, I've met so many other people who are drawn to that kind of role and a lot of them are these types of personalities yeah it's so cool it's it's interesting to see i'm so curious to see actually even our classes personality types and who falls into what area because that would be really neat and it, it, it is really cool to see what people end up doing and what personality encourages them to go in one place or the other I know that uh, one part of it which is like oh you know what they have this uh, deep sense of idealism and integrity the INFJs and it's interesting to see what that means in terms of mental health and as you know a worker in mental health what would you do I think I I do resonate with this advocate role. I do hope to bridge, you know, that gap between people accessing mental health. And I think we're trying to do that just with the podcast even. So there's some aspects of it that are really relatable and they connect with us, which I think is really neat. But I want to I'd like to learn more about our class because I'm interested to see who falls into it. Like Grace, you said that you found so many people just through the roles you've had. Yeah, just a general breakdown too, right, of um, all the different personality types and then what percentage of us fall into each area. Um, I think one part that was interesting for me reading up about ISFJ is this idea of repressing emotions. And I thought that was interesting, right? Like being in a mental health field, being in healthcare, where we're talking about, you know, sharing emotions and all of that. And I think that was quite cool for me to reflect on just thinking about, I feel like I spend a lot of time hearing about others' emotions that maybe sometimes I don't pay attention to my emotions as much and that's how I interpreted that area and then it brought to light you know all these topics about burnout and self-care and how even in the mental health care field sometimes we put our patients first we put our job first right and so I don't know that was just another area of reflection that I had about repressing emotions. That's really interesting and I think also for you especially with that there's definitely an element of our role that requires repressing emotions because when you're in a session you should be giving that space for your client and not necessarily for yourself so it's interesting to know that if that's something you're prone to it means you're going to really excel at that part of the job and then you might have to make time later for you to be able to reconnect with that exactly I think that's the key right find places where it's more appropriate for it to then express those emotions so it's not repressed in all areas of life and I think that's something I'm trying to do is have avenues to be able to connect with my emotions outside of obviously the work environment that we're in some interesting things actually I noticed weaknesses that they claimed that INFJs have is this one aspect of reluctancy to open up 
Hmm. And I thought that was really interesting where they're like, Similar theme. Yeah, yeah, so they're, they, they value honesty, mm-hmm. but they're also very private. And I was like, yes, check and check. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so in that sense, they find it difficult to open up. And I think that's an interesting aspect to it because I've resonated with that in many avenues where I'm like, oh, I feel like I need to be you know mindful of what I say and how I, you know, share myself and even thinking about in sessions, I suppose, you know, we have to be a bit more respectful and mindful of that. But this idea that we maybe are a bit more reserved, but I don't know, do you relate to that at all, Grace? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> I definitely think that I am on the more reserved side. I tend to be pretty quiet in new settings and I don't immediately open up. And I think that a key part too is because we're very open, but also kind of struggle to uh, connect sometimes. Mm-hmm. For me, a lot of it is finding safe spaces where you feel safe and mm-hmm. able to open up and build those for, uh, deep relationships. Because I find that once I'm in a setting where it feels okay to do that, I can do it very quickly, mm-hmm. but it definitely takes some time kind of acclimating to a setting where I feel ready to open up and start building those deep relationships. Yeah, that's so cool to think about, right? Is sometimes we have to warm up to certain situations to actually dive into some areas of our personality right so for example here there's this idea of reluctance to change and I do feel that Um, I very much like to stick to my plans in certain areas but like Grace said if I feel comfortable then I'm okay to have some more flexibility and allow for more change so yeah I think there's like a certain um, spectrum within these areas as well Um, and something else that's coming up is being too altruistic as an ISFJ I'm like, okay, sometimes I do see that as well. So lots of overlap there. Yeah, there's also this idea that they're like uh, INFJs are very perfectionists. Mm. So uh, they are very, you know, detail oriented in that sense. And they want everything to be perfect. But at the same time, they're prone to burnout, which is interesting. I guess it makes sense. I can see those two right there. So it's cool to see, you know, how I relate to that and well, I guess something to be mindful of in the future as well. One of my friends once told me that I'm the most chronically burnt out person they know. (laughs) Blame it on the personality. (laughs) 100%. So it sounds like based on everything that we've been talking about, after finding out our personality type, whether it was for like knowing this for a long period of time or learning about it a little bit earlier, it has shaped a little bit about how we see ourselves. So what do you guys think about that? I think it's shared a lot about how I view the world in terms of like where I fit into it. Mm. So I've always thought of like, okay, well, you know, I want to be helping. I want to see how can I fix something? How can I support other people? So I think I've really adopted that role and been like, okay, I I, I like that. And I like that aspect of it. I want to continue working through that way. So that's been one piece. Yeah, I think another piece for me with the personality types is, I think they highlight our strengths in ways that we don't necessarily always recognize. I know I'm personally not one to really sit down and kind of make a list of, here are my strengths, here are things I'm good at. But the personality types really kind of lay that out for you. And then you can just kind of be like, yeah, I connect to that so much. That's something that I feel like I'm really good at. And it's things that you might not have reflected on before. Yeah, it sounds like a moment of really internalizing some things that come up for you in terms of personality and then drawing your attention to specific areas, right? Like, you're right, I I also don't sit down and like think about, okay, these are things I do well and this is why I'm in this field, these are things I can offer. Um, But yeah, getting a chance to sit down with those and then also with weaknesses, I think there's so much to learn from those as well and this idea that your weaknesses are also not stable, right? Like you can actually make some progress in some areas if they're getting in the way. 
this other piece of even seeing those weaknesses down, you could be a bit more mindful of it that, oh, okay, maybe this is an area I want to focus more on, or I can just have at the back of my mind, like, okay, if this is something that I maybe struggle with more, it's okay, maybe I can work on it a bit more. So that's nice to see that written down and just reflect on it in that manner. But I'm wondering, with our personality types, how does this actually relate to psychotherapy? Yeah, so this was a tough, you know, a tough area for me because I think that certain types of psychotherapies lend themselves really nicely to learning about personality. And as our listeners know, we are more so trained towards the cognitive behavioral therapy side of things. And so I don't think we've talked about personality all that much and how it plays a role until you actually dig into it a little bit deeper. But there are a lot of different connections between personality and psychopathology generally. So for example, some theories suggest that they both share a common underlying ideology or a source, for example. And so just thinking about those different areas, it gets me reflecting on, like I've definitely seen it play a role. For example, in group therapy, I've noticed that certain group members take on a particular role in the group and how they interact with others. But I think it's something that will be more in the forefront for me now that we've talked about this to actually notice like how might someone's personality actually play a role in the therapy that I provide for them and how I interact with them. Yeah, and I think that's a really good point is by knowing someone's personality type, you're able to tailor the therapy a little bit more to make it a better fit for them. So if you have someone who you know is very, they like organization, they like kind of task-oriented things, then you're able to uh, really support them in doing things like the daily activity schedule or things which are require a little bit more of that like hands-on, goal-oriented work. Whereas if you know that someone is a little bit more, um, I like thinking of big picture things, I don't like spending time on details, mm -hmm. then you know to spend more time talking with them about the theories and uh, play to their strengths. Exactly. And I can also see how maybe even noticing how people's personalities go in, goes back to that group group therapy and that group dynamic. Because I can imagine if we have, let's say, like a whole bunch of extroverts in a group and then maybe a couple of introverts, maybe they don't have as many opportunities to share something or how that plays into that group dynamic when we're providing therapy. So all things to consider and see how we can play our role to navigate all of those areas. Yeah, definitely. I think something to be mindful of because I've had groups where there's certain members who are so quiet, like you probably don't hear from them in, you know, three or four sessions. And it's kind of balancing, okay, are they understanding the content? Are we able to get across to them? Or maybe they just aren't in a position to share something like this openly, especially the content that we talk about, right? So yeah, it's kind of really reflecting on what's what's at play here and how can we best support the person in front of us. And I like that client-centered approach. It's something I'm trying to adopt a little bit more, especially as I get more comfortable with the foundations of a certain psychotherapy. Um, that's kind of a goal of mine. So we can check in on how that goes <laughs> in the future. Yeah. yeah. And one other piece that I think can be really important or helpful within personality and psychotherapy slash career counseling is looking at Myers-Briggs personality types within what kind of a career do you want to pursue? This is something that I 
I strongly relate to just because that's where I was first introduced to it. So really thinking back to this inventory as a which is a questionnaire that really looks at your strengths, your preferences, and how people perceive the world and make decisions. So this was actually invented by Catherine Cook Briggs and Isabel Briggs Myers. This is a mother-daughter duo who wanted to really help American women find jobs that would best match their personalities. And this instrument has since then been used in various different settings but looking at the different 16 personality types to see what might be like your ideal career and I think with that I do want to throw in there that although I don't know if there's an ideal career for every personality because even when I went through it they listed a whole bunch of different areas Mm -hmm. mental health was one of them teaching was another area so there there's many avenues that you can use your skill sets in different careers or different jobs so I think that's a neat part of it but bringing it into career counseling and sharing it with people who are interested to learn more could be very helpful. One thing that was interesting for me uh, reading my type again today is I never really used the Myers-Briggs to guide my career choice. I always kind of knew which uh, career I wanted to go into. Mm -hmm. But I was reading it today and one of the things that came up was INFJs tend to start their own businesses because they find it really hard to work under kind of value systems that aren't their own. And I'm here at 23 starting my own business because I found it really difficult to work under value systems I wears my own. So kind of even though I didn't know I was using the Myers-Briggs to guide my career choices, I ended up doing exactly what they said I was going to do. It was meant to be. (laughs) And it's a little bit of validation reading that too. It like fits the puzzle pieces together, I find. And I'm like, oh, I see now, right? Like I see where this is coming from. And I think I love this history part of it about how Um, They were helping women match jobs with their personality. And I think there's a huge part of it because if anyone has looked up kind of the report that comes after a test, it's quite intense. There's a lot to it and there's so many different strengths. And so I imagine like in some jobs you use a different combination of strengths, whereas in another you use another combination. And so like you said, Prabhupada, there's so many options out there. It's more so what strengths you'd like to use in a job focused career side of things versus maybe like a personal life side of things and then finding that balance for you. Quite interesting. One other area that uh, it kind of works in psychotherapy, if we have time to dive into this, is um, I think especially for relationship and kind of solving relationship conflicts, um, I find that it really helps you understand how another person thinks. So before where it might have been a point of frustration, you can now kind of understand where that other person's coming from and it supports you in building some of that empathy so that the two of you can work past conflicts. Yeah, that's such a great point, right? It just gives you a little bit of context and background as to where is this person coming from? How do they see the world? How How do they see our relationship? And then giving a little bit of compassion towards, okay, I get it. Now let's kind of solve this together, even if we have very different personality types, let's say. Yeah. It can offer a lot of insight into Mm -hmm. different things, which is really nice. Yeah, it reminds me of our love languages conversation as well. And, you know, of course, all these things play a role together, right? So how your personality can impact that and just having that, like you said, insight, that understanding of this is where I'm coming from too. And then showing some compassion towards yourself that this is the way I see the world. Now, how can we, you know, work together and work on something? Mm -hmm. 
All right. Well, this has been such an interesting conversation. I've gotten to learn so much more about personality. And I just wanted to say a big thank you, Grace, for offering your insights and sharing your experience with it. Because I think that's so cool to have someone who's been consistently doing the personality types or exploring personality over their journey to learning more about themselves and really this information but thank you so much for joining us on our episode today thank you so much for having me and also this is the first in person i don't know if they've said that anywhere but (laughs) i'm honored to be part of your first in person episode thank you yeah it's a big milestone for us and we're excited that you know you got to be the guest speaker for our first in person so looking forward to our future in-person conversations absolutely so thank you so much for joining us today Thank you. Just as we end, we wanted to remind you that this information is meant to be purely educational. We are not health professionals, just graduate students navigating these topics with you. Any podcast content is not intended to be a substitute for professional advice, diagnosis, or treatment. So we recommend to always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions regarding your mental health and well-being. We did want to share two personality resources where you can learn more about personality types or even do some tests to see where you fall into. The first one is Human Metrics. It's a website where you can do a Myers-Briggs personality test. There's also 16 personalities and you can read more about the Myers-Briggs personality dimensions and also do a test there to see where you would fall into. Looking at more resources for mental health and well-being, there's Mood Disorders Association of Ontario, which offers free support groups and recovery programs to people across Ontario living with depression, anxiety, or bipolar disorder. There's Kids Help Phone, Good to Talk, Connects Ontario, Wellness Together Canada, Virtue Mental, and Open Path Collective, which is a platform where you can connect with therapists that provide affordable in-office and online psychotherapy services on a sliding scale or based on your budget. We also encourage you to check out your own local resources for any mental health supports and access those if you feel you need it. You can connect with us through our email, which is so tell me more podcast at gmail.com and our Instagram page at so tell me more podcast. You can check out our Instagram page for future updates, and it's a great way to share what you're interested in hearing or any feedback that you may have for us. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast listening platform. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you learned something new or simply enjoyed our exploration of personality. We're excited to continue exploring new topics in future episodes. But for now, stay safe and take care.